Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Says, I was in the spirit, wrapped in his power on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice like the calling of a war trumpet. Now I want you to ask the Lord to take you into this. That it may be a reality for you. That you can be wrapped in his power on the Lord's day like this. So, Father, we're asking that you will wrap us in your power. Let it not be something we read about and imagine, but let it be our reality that we would hear your voice. We would hear the clear sounding of your information you have for us today. That which affects generations, that which changes lives and orders our steps aright. Your word declares that we will hear your voice. Turn to the left or turn to the right. Your word declares that your sheep hear your voice. May we hear your warring voice. May we hear your voice of appreciating of our lives, of the good things we've done for you. May we hear your congratulatory voice may we hear your voice of approval today may we hear your voice of encouragement today may we hear that voice that will cause us to keep pressing on thank you that you can wrap us in your power yes, God. they will be enveloped they will be power waiting to happen May we be the expressions of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this privilege. In the name of Jesus. Now, John didn't just have this experience of being wrapped in his power. He had this voice, and this voice instructed him specifically. I need you to write down very quickly the things that you hear and see and i pray that today that someone will begin to record the things that god begins to show them the things that god begins to speak into their heads it was so important that jesus said you need to write it down you need to make a record of it and it was not just for john it was being recorded for the seven churches and now today you and i are partakers of that which happened on an island where he was banished. Listen, I don't care where you may be circumstantially, but God can still give insight, understanding, information that is relevant for your family, for your business, for everything that has to do with your existence. Can someone's heart cry, say, God, speak that I may write? Oh, come on, say it one more time. God, speak that I may write. Speak that I may write. I don't want just to be a hearer. I want to be one that records your promises, your prophecies, the things that you've scheduled for me between now and the end of the year and even entering into the next decade. Thank you. 
Thank you for what you're going to do with us and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I hear an amen like you believe that God can speak to you? Amen, amen, mm -hmm. amen, amen. And I'm excited about what God wants to share with us today. I'm trusting that it would answer for a need in your life now and in your need for tomorrow. God schedules information that answers and takes care of our, not only our now, but also our future. And since we are in the season of uh, enjoying gifts, I hope uh, somebody gave you a gift. If you didn't get a gift, uh, God would help you uh, understand what I'm about to say to you. Everyone has been given a gift anyway. Uh, uh, today is called what? Present, right? And uh, uh, so it's a day that is presented to you as a present and you just need to unpack the present. Now, uh, some of the experiences I had with the gifts is that, you know, we got a few gifts and some of the gifts we couldn't identify who gave them. I say it one more time. Some of the gifts we couldn't identify who gave them because there was no labeling, there was no... Uh, 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 indication of where it's coming from. See, but God doesn't want to give you a gift that you don't know where it's coming from. All right? And, and, but on the sidebar, you know, I, I just want to encourage you, when you are giving gifts, uh, can you make it known who you are <laughs> so the appreciation will come to you? All right? So uh, just, just, uh, just in case uh, uh, I didn't say thank you, maybe your gift was one of those gifts that I didn't know who who gave it to me. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that blessed us, blessed me, blessed my wife with a gift. Uh, but some of them, we don't know who brought it, but thank God we received it, we're enjoying it, and uh, God will bless you and God will richly honor you for your investment, yeah? And may your gift make room for you, says the scriptures, yeah? Now I want to say a few things about gifts and uh, then we'll get into the scriptures. Uh, we'll read Luke, we'll get into Matthew, then we'll add Nehemiah and box it all together. Uh, and I want to title what I'm sharing with you, Stewarding the Next Move. All right, so today we want to uh, tie up uh, uh, the stewardship we've been uh, uh, looking at for a while. And as we enjoy the blessings that God gives us, we want to be able to be people that know how to walk in our stewardship. All right, and uh, God has given us this incredible privilege to receive from him constantly, all right? Now, he gives us gifts. You know, gifts are part of the kingdom's uh, uh, proof of existence, all right? So, for example, uh, we have spiritual gifts. We have natural gifts. Uh, we have gifts that uh, uh, give you an added advantage. Now, gifts make room for you, right? Right, But it's not enough to just know I have a gift. You need to know that gifts have the capacity to introduce you to different spaces and different stages. All right? Your gift. All right? And this time, I want you to take your gift serious. Sometimes, you know, we play with our gifts. But if you understand that sometimes that's the currency God gives you as an individual, that gift you have will put you on in, in a place where normally you cannot even go. Or it would force those who don't like you to like you because of your gift. And I want to encourage and charge somebody's heart today that hold your gift and keep pushing it forward. For some of us, it may be your intellect. 
For some of us, it may be a, a, a practical skill you have. It's an ability within even the, 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 the profession that you are called in. There's a gifting that you have. God is not biased. Everybody has a gift, and that gift must make room for you. So when you are being blocked, can you go find your gift? Sit down with your gift and ask, that. what can I do with this gift? One of the gifts we have, for example, is the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from the Father. So when my back is against the wall, can I visit with my gift and say, gift, this is a prophecy concerning you. You ought to make room for me. Can you reschedule my circumstances from here? Can you make it turn around for my good according to the scriptures? So gifts also don't just introduce you into different spaces and stages, but it makes for you having an advantage. Any gift that is given to you gives you an added advantage without your struggle. All right? So we don't always have to struggle to get into certain places. Work your gift. Tell yourself, I work my gift. So the gift has the power to open doors. It's a key. It opens doors. All right? It opens doors, and it does not only open doors, but it grants access. All right? Now, there are things that are gifts to us, but sometimes we don't realize that. So we, we have been taking our last son to various uh, uh, what do you, com uh, company parties. And uh, so his mom asked him, how do you think you got here? He has no clue, yeah? He doesn't understand that it's the gift of the parent that takes him in there. Now, when I see you as a gift, I treat you differently. When I then understand that you are a door opener, may the coming decade see us use our access. By the gift I am to you, I'll open doors for you. Can we declare that God sometimes has a way of getting you into a space without you? You just need a gift that will take you into that space. May someone hold your hand and take you to the place that you couldn't go. May someone's gift that God sent you. You know, sometimes God sends you a gift and you're wondering what kind of gift is it? All right? So, may we learn to unpack our gifts. May we learn to understand our gifts. Now, I've been sharing this with some people individually. I want to do this corporately now. One of the ways in which God shows us that he loves us is that he gives us five dimensions of gift. Now, when I say dimensions, I'm not talking about levels. I'm talking about dimensions. So, for example, water has different dimensions. So, water can be solid, it can be liquid, and it can be gas. Each of them operate differently. When it's gaseous, it can fly. Do you hear me? When it's solid, you can skate on it. And when it's liquid, you can drink it. They are all dimensions. So I'm going to give you five dimensions of gifting that God gives us. Is that okay? And I want every one of us to begin to say, God, these are gifts and I would learn to operate in them. Now I've noticed that as the year runs its course, you know, we who have been sowing believe in reaping. Some of us get disenfranchised thinking that when we sow, 
The reaping has taken too long. But sowing and reaping is a gift of God's law unto us. So for those of us that constantly, for example, give our offerings, constantly are investing in people's lives. Listen, the oak tree takes a longer time to show fruit. The corn takes a shorter time. You may have planted an oak. Can you wait for your harvest to come? Because as long as there is seed time, there will be harvest. That is a gift of God to you and I. Alright, so as we walk in the kingdom, we ought to understand that what he has gifted us with, no one can take. You see, his gift to me cannot be redirected. Somebody cannot re-gift it. It's like the gift you gave me, nobody can convince me not to receive the gift when I have received it. So there's a gift of sowing and reaping. So all the investment of your sowing, can you expect a reaping? If it doesn't happen before 2000 and, uh, no, 2019 ends, can you expect it to enter 2020? No, I, let me get this into your heart now. For some of us, the year is changing from 2019 to 2020, but for you, you are still rolling. Nothing has changed. Do you hear me? For you, it's not going to be a break. It's going to be a continuum. Some things you are in the works that the calendar date has nothing to do with it. The day and the night has nothing to do with it. You see, there are times and there are seasons. Seasons overlap time. So once you are in that season, it doesn't matter the time you are still in the season. All right? So I need your heart to cheer. Don't let the calendar date change your season. Your season has come and you would enjoy the fruits of that which you sow. Number two gift is inheritance. Number one is sowing and reaping. Number two is inheritance. Inheritance, nobody works for it. It's scheduled for you. All right? The way it works is that you have to make a demand of it. So in Psalm 2, God says, ask of me the nations. And I will give it to you as an inheritance. Inheritance, you have to ask. Jacob and Esau demonstrated that inheritance does not work to you. You walk to it. You cannot be wishy-washy about ignorance when it comes to it. Yeah? So it's something you walk towards. Something that you lay claim of. Something that you make a request of. The last example I'll give on inheritance is the prodigal son. He asks his father for his inheritance. There was nothing wrong with him asking he got what he asked for. His issue was his spending it wrongly. So the older brother, after the, his younger brother returns and is being showered on a party, has a problem with the father. He's saying that, listen, I've been with you all this while and you haven't even given me... We are killing calves. He's talking about goats. 
when inheritance is in abundance, you are talking about, you know, so he's saying, you have not even given me a good. Now, he's thinking that inheritance works by, it doesn't work by being around, neither does it work by just assuming it's going to work to you. You ask. So I make a demand on your spirit, begin to ask the Lord for your inheritance. Just in case you don't understand, there's an inheritance in your family that is for you. Whether it was assigned to you by somebody or not, it's not the point. There is an inheritance in the land for you. Everyone listening to me, whatever nation you are from, those of you that are from dual nations, there's an inheritance in any nation you belong to. That is yours. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh my God. And that's your God's land. Inheritance. You have to make a demand for it. Gift number three has to do with relationships. Now, we, 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 we all done this as parents. We give to our children not because they did anything. Neither is it inheritance. It is a normal giving because they are our children. How many God's children am I talking to? <laughs> so, why don't you ask dad for something? Has nothing to do with prayer life. Has nothing to do. You know, my, my son just comes to me. It's not his birthday. He just wants a toy. He just wants something. And it has nothing to do with nothing. You know, he, he may have annoyed me a few hours ago, but he still comes. Why? Because he has a relationship. Can someone make a request of God? Number three. Number four, favor, <laughs> just because. You know how sometimes you, you enter into someone's home and they are having lunch? <laughs> just because. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sometimes when we are not aware that there is a just because of my life, you will not be walking in anticipation of a just because. And it's time you and I as children of God know. What we don't know, we usually skip out on. There are favors that are going to come your way that you need to understand this to be open to them. Now, when it's not a favor coming from God, you will know. And number five is there's always a, a, a gift associated to your assignment. All right? Can someone call for the assignment <laughs> gifts? Yeah, you know, it, it has nothing to do with you as a person. If you get off the assignment, the gift will not come to you. As long as you're on your assignment, the gift will find you. So in that, we would read about the wise men. The gifts they brought to Jesus had to do with his assignment. They came to worship him as king. If he, has, he came as a worship leader, we, they, would, they would not have gone to look for him. The heavens were declaring his birth. Those on assignment to locate him and bless him found him. Can I say to you when it comes to the, the gift of the assignment, the people will find you. They will look for you. They will open. Listen, I want someone to begin to pray, God, send my wise man. 
Meaning, nothing stops them. They are adamant. Nobody paid their fare. They they took it upon themselves. We have to locate this guy because he has an assignment and we need to furnish the assignment. I'm sure you've heard this thing. Wherever there's a vision, there's provision. It sounds cute, but listen, it's tied to your assignment. Every assignment that God has given you, there is provision to finish it. I call the resources for my assignment to come in. I call the resources for your assignment. Every child has a calling on their life and let the resources of the assignment find them. That's why some child is going to get a scholarship, not because of anything, but because of the assignment on their life. Something must transpire this year and in the next and in the next season. And I pray that I would hear some testimonies of, of the goodness of the God we serve in the land that we live in. And in the nations, wherever we go, that the things would chase us. Let them who have been sent to you find you. Let those you've been sent to find them. Find them. You know, sometimes it's important that I locate those that I've been sent to. And change their lives. Bless them. Cause them to know that this is a principle of the kingdom and it works. And it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the assignment. Can someone say, I'll stay on my assignment? Jesus came. You know, he came as the the first witness, meaning there were supposed to be other witnesses. He came as the first witness. to be risen from the dead. That means there are more that are going to be resurrected. All right. Uh, and he's the king of kings, meaning we, we join the kingship. Yeah. He, so he didn't only come to be a king. He came to raise kings. Uh, so he made us ambassadors. He made us kings and priests unto God. And I want us to use in this season, because we are talking about savior, I want you to know that he came as a savior to release us as saviors. Uh, Very few of us uh, think that that the word is too big for you. No, no, no. Jesus said that the things that I do, you will be able to do the same and more. Now, I'm not saying you're going to die for somebody like he died for us. All I'm saying is that you're going to play the role of a savior by you. They would come into what they need to come into. You know, just as he came that I would have life and have it more abundantly, we become uh, the reason why others would come into the relationship with Jesus anyway and then also enter into so many things that without you, they would not. So God has it as a, a, a system that when he seeks to deliver a people, he sends a savior. Anytime God wants to get a people on a particular track, he injects a leader, a savior, someone who would bring them into their promises. So, for example, Joshua stands uh, uh, a few miles from the promised land and God says, by you, you will take the people into their promises and then be the one that distributes their promises unto them. So Caleb said, God had promised me something standing in front of Joshua and he said, give to me today what belongs to me. Joshua was a savior. Now I understand his name means savior, but I'm just using him as an example of us. 
who God is calling and raising to enter into this role of bringing levels of liberty into people's lives. Can you lift your hands to God and say, God, let me walk in this grace of a savior. Let me walk in this anointing that brings about liberty into people's lives. Listen, we play that role somehow, but you know, we, I want us to catch it in its fullness so that the full grace and the anointing will come upon us. The benefits of, of this office that we walk in will be ours. So let's go to the book of Luke. I want to read um, the Luke 2, 16 to 20 from the Amplified. The rest I'll read from the New King James. All right, Luke 16, sorry, Luke 2, 16 to 20. So they went with haste and by searching found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Yes, sir. Let me do this. All right. Let, uh, uh, let, me, let, me, let me do this. Um, <laughs> you know, whilst Pastor Francis was leading us in, in the offering, the scripture he, he gave us was from uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 8, verse 12. All right. I, I, I read from uh, this translation. It says, for if the eagerness is there, it is acceptable. If the eagerness is there, it's acceptable. And as he was talking, this is what the Spirit of God said to me. Your eagerness is a sanctifier. Your eagerness is a dresser. Husbands, if you are eager to do things for your wife, it changes from just the thing you're doing to becoming something that is wholesome. All right? The eagerness in which we are attach our obedience. <laughs> the eagerness, it changes the playing field. All right? So when God is asking of stuff, can we add eagerness? So it's not the amount, it's the eagerness. For whatever the Lord wants to use this for, may it be useful in Jesus' name. All right, let's go back to where we were. Look. Thank you, Pastor Francis. Verse 17. Look to 17 now. And when they saw it, they made it known what had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were astounded and marveled at what the shepherds told them. Now, this is what I want you to catch. But Mary was keeping within herself all these things, these sayings, weighing and pondering them in her heart. Can you put your hand to your heart and say, I will ponder these things, I'll, these things. Yeah. Now, this is very important for now and the year we're going to enter into. Our ability to weigh, our ability to ponder, ability, listen, 
See, there were things that were happening within, within a few hours. So many things had happened that seemed crazy. And everyone can get excited and the excitement would weigh down. But somebody was weighing. Somebody was pondering. Your weighing and your pondering would help you navigate in the coming season. Your weighing and your pondering will keep it alive in you. That the miracle working God is still with you. That in times when you're feeling like nothing good is going to happen, you will remember by pondering. You would have weighed what the enemy is saying and what God is saying. And the enemy will be found wanting. And the weight of God's glory will still keep speaking to you. Can you do it one more time? Weighing and pondering, weighing and pondering, yes. Let's go to Matthew 2. And usually, you know, in the Christmas story, because uh, uh, we've seen a lot of things on the TV and the movies, we think that the wise men came the same time they were born in a manger. No. So Matthew 2 gives us the story of those who came from the East. All right. So ballpark, you know, we're looking at... uh, the baby being around two years old now, all right? Uh, now, the, the, the understanding of that, that's why Harold wanted to kill from zero to two, okay? So he was trying to cover his truck. So Jesus was within that age range, all right? So let's read from verse one. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who, is, who has been born king of the Jews? Last week we talked about being given unto. So this description of this person they were looking for is that he's been born king of the Jews. His assignment is for a people, it's not unto himself. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. When they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for this young child. And when you have found him, Bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they had the king, they departed. And behold, the star which had been seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, 
and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take your young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Amen. All right. Now, so much in there, but let's, let's go to Nehemiah, then uh, uh, we can... We can talk. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 1. We'll read verse 1, then we'll jump to verse 28 and 29. Still reading from the New King James. Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 1. Now those who placed their seal on the document were Nehemiah the governor, the son of Achalia, and Zedekiah. Then it goes down and lists all the people. So I will save us that and let's jump to verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, Nathan, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had acknowledged, who had, sorry, knowledge and understanding those, these joined, sorry, with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse or an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord, our Lord, and his ordinances and his statutes. All right. <laughs> now, it looks like uh, we're in the movie, right? So, we're going from scene to scene. All right. So, uh, we, we see the wise men not being told by anybody, but within their own understanding, they begin to make a trip. They're carrying with them gifts to go see the king that has been born, and not only see the king, but give gifts so that the king can fulfill his assignment. Now, we see immediately the impact of the gifts. If you think ministry doesn't need resources, here you are. So these kings come, these people come. Now, the Bible didn't say they opened their purses. It says they opened their treasure. Meaning, we are talking about things that have value. Now, we are not told the quantity, but you see, if you keep watching the movie, you are thinking it's this little box. But can I suggest to you it was treasure? <laughs> can I suggest to you it was something that was worth traveling far to bring? All right? So they come and they give the gold, the frankincense, and mayor. Now, can we give gifts that speak to our destination? 
Can you give someone a gift that the gift will make them sing hallelujah for a long time? All right. There are gifts that cause you to praise God. He says, ask and you receive that your joy will be full. Ishmael, there are some gifts that will make you joyful. Yeah, there are some gifts that will not do anything. You look at, you look at the gift and you even want to re-gift it. But there are gifts that will make your joy full. Can somebody ask for joyful gifts? Yeah, joyful gifts. Give me something that will make me sing an hallelujah and praise the Lord. I don't need a band. I'm, the, you know, I'm all banned up already. <laughs> yeah, I don't need anyone to lead me in worship. I can worship at this point. So they opened and they gave the guys, they gave Mary and Joseph. You know, can you, can you imagine what was happening to Joseph? Joseph nearly divorced Mary. Nearly. He didn't know when the angel said, don't. There was a gift coming. May all of us that have obeyed God inconvenience ourselves. May the gift attached to our obedience find us. May the reason of God's heart locate us. God ain't playing. Peter asked him, we've left everything and served you. What are we going to get? God is not stingy. He's too generous. There must be a reward for your obedience. So gold, speaking to his kingship, frankincense, his priesthood, man, his sacrifice. Yeah. So if you want to even attach it to prophet and, and, and priest, but we're not doing that today. Now, hear this. The next moment, an angel shows up and says, Joseph, I need you to take Mary can you go and calculate the distance between Bethlehem and Egypt? How much it cost? Joseph has gold. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's not going to struggle with obeying. How's he going to take? He, he's relocating wife and child. How's he going to feed them? Who knows him in Egypt? He's a carpenter. Even if he's a contractor, he has to start all over again. But my God, he's got some gold on him. <laughs> he's got enough resources. To, now, now, the time for him to return was told to him. Meaning, you don't know how long you're going to stay there till the dude dies. Who is after the child? Till Herod dies, you're not coming back. Can I suggest to you, it was not a piece of gold. It was enough gold to take him there to sustain the three of them. And bring them back without struggle. Listen, I have struggled with certain invitations. Because the invitation didn't come with money. I have to figure out how I'm going to get there. So my obedience becomes difficult. I pray that in the coming season, God would send our help. Sometimes you want to take your wife out. I hope I'm not the only man. I want to do certain things for my wife. I look at the account, I can't do it. I can't do it. But when the thing is there, we don't struggle. We go with a smile. May God honor us. May our expectations not be cut off. 
And can I say this? There are certain things God is putting on our heart that God is going to finance. Yeah. There are things he's putting on our heart. And listen, I have also not learned the ways of God all the time. I, I haven't known the ways of God all the time. There are, there are journeys that don't have to cost me. No one goes to war at their own expense. And sometimes the understanding of what we are learning opens you up to be okay with where are the resources and who has the resources so that we can fulfill our obediences. So in the book of Neymar, we see them coming into an agreement. Remember, we're talking about stewarding the next move. So everyone involved in all these areas we've read from are not just doing stuff for the moment. What they are doing has grave implications. So Joseph cannot be hugging the gold that was brought. He cannot be saying that, you know what, this for me, us here, we've had enough drama. Mary, this child was not uh, something I calculated for. Now we have to relocate. Can someone say, I was steward? <laughs> yeah, I was steward the next move of God. Yeah. You know, sometimes a move, a, a, a move starts by your obedience. Uh, the wise man came far, you know, and, and started a movement. Angels were dispatched. Now Nehemiah and Co. have built the wall. It was not just about building the wall. The reason why the wall was down in the first place was because there were certain things that were out of sync. Now it's not enough, folks, as we journey. We've got to come into agreement that this is how we are going. And this is how we go. You know, some of us want to be loosely connected. No, no, no. Nehemiah said, uh-uh. We've got to swear we got to sign. It's not enough to say, yeah, we got, no, 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 no. We have to be in it with our heart. Yeah. Now, the reason why they are taking an oath is that usually an oath has two sides. It's like a covenant. But, you know, you, when you make a covenant, there are two sides. <laughs> yeah, there's the blessing part and there is the cursing part. So they are saying that if you don't want to be part of this, don't sign. The cursing part is a guarantee you won't run away. But the blessing part is a guarantee that you will be blessed in the process. <laughs> Alright, so it's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's a win-win. <laughs> we only want people who are willing to die. Because once I sign that if I break, may I die, I'm dead already. So I'm all in. So usually, you know, we think the reverse. Think the other side. So you die to any tendency of backing out, but you are blessed for staying in. So we're not talking neutral, we're talking advancement. And the cool thing is that there's a whole list of people that sign. Then Everyone around them join in. Now, let me give you five things they sign about. 
Sorry, six things. Now, before I give you these six things, I want you to know that in the coming season, that as you covenant yourself to steward, as you commit yourself to steward, there are things that you need to put in place to help you not change your mind. Interestingly enough, the number one thing was marriage. You see, they were taking from the law of Moses, and the law of Moses had so many parts. Yeah? But this that they put together as their pact was very concise for where they were. You're not going to read the whole of Genesis to Revelation to be effective in 2020. Do you hear me? You're going to find a scripture. You're going to find a particular area of the revelations of God that will carry you. Listen, I'm all for reading through your Bible. But there's something about having an inheritance scripture that takes you over. All right? Sometimes we're, we, we're too lateral that we don't go deep. So sometimes you, you, you have to hear what God wants you to do. Listen, I don't eat all the food in my house in one day. So can we look for that which would anchor us? That will keep us going. Not everything is relevant for tomorrow. So the first thing that they sign up was marriage. What has that got to do with us? It has to do with make sure you, your alliances are tied in the coming season. Why? It was by marriage that infiltration came. Their hands were weakened. They were, they were living now in a multicultural environment. And, and because they were, they were so, you know, marriage is, is the number one institution for, for the blessing of God on your life or for the weakening of your hands. What you join yourself to can alter you. Solomon, we read of him that the many wives he took turned his heart. When David was in Saul's eyes an enemy, he wanted to get him bad. The first thing he established was give his daughter to him for marriage. Not because he wanted him to be a son-in-law, but he just wanted to be the father-in-law that had access. So the people said, uh-uh, this thing about just marrying haphazardly, no, 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 we're going to take care of that. It weakens the family. It weakens. Number two, they said, uh, we, we want to take care of our, the time of worship. They kept the Sabbath. Remember, now they were multicultural, so they were mixed up. And every, everyone was, was doing whatever, when, whatever. But they were saying, uh-uh, we're going to keep holy at times of worship with God. In the coming season, you want to take your time of worship Sometimes it looks like we are very late in connecting with our worship, our time of worship. 
Others are not afraid to say, I, I don't do work on this day. But we can't even stand up and say, you know what? Mm-mm. I've got to worship. The day you stand up, God will stand up. Chick-fil-A is not broke. Yeah. Yeah. Go read the fights they've had. But they are not going down. Then the third they instituted was that they were establishing the seventh year where the land rests. Yeah? The seventh year, you know, those, those, the seventh year the land had to rest. Yeah? So you give uh, the land a breather. Yeah? And uh, God, interestingly, always honors time that is blessed. So not only was he having a time of fellowship with them where by fellowship you enter into another dimension of blessing because the blessing of the fellowship he establishes gives you productivity three times. And I think I've taught you before that it's from rest into work, not the reverse. It's from rest into work. Why? Out of rest you come refreshed. You come with revelation. You come with ideas. All right? And you enter into work. Not the reverse. All right, so now they were instituting back the seven, but they added also the remission of debt. Now, it, it was not necessarily debt cancellation. <laughs> it was the remission of debt. So, for example, on the seventh year, if you had uh, mortgaged your property so that you could get back, you know, some resources in your home, that property was giving back to you. So it was literally resetting for everybody. Now it's not an excuse to be lazy, but it's an opportunity to catch up. How many can say I need a break sometimes? Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes we just we just need a blessing to come and swallow up our pressure. I just need a gift that would uh, uh, give me a hand. So they said, okay, we would agree to come into that. Number four. That I found interesting. They said they instituted taxation. And the purpose of the tax was to keep the temple going. Now what they did in their day was that they adjusted the amount. Now historically, we may say that you know, when it uh, was first instituted, it was uh, when they were in a, a different economy. Now maybe the economy has improved, so uh, the amount represented uh, uh, an amount that could take care of what was in existence. Either way, what they were doing was that we see the usefulness of the temple, our place of worship, and we as people are committed to keeping it up. House of worship, can we commit that that which God has given us, we will keep it up. Can you commit as a business owner that that which God has given you, we will plow back into it. Keep the temple. Listen, sometimes we don't keep this temple. Yes. You, we don't exercise. We don't go get a massage. No, no, I'm serious. I'm not talking about, you know, we're not, I'm not talking about the things that will make you look pretty on the outside. I'm talking about keeping the thing going. Keeping the engine going. 
Can we oil change? Yes. You know, it's, it's not going to move the car, you know, to, to New York. But by God, if you don't change the oil. Just hanging around God, you know, and, and getting this temple refueled. You know, sometimes people don't realize coming even into the presence of God on, on the days of our worship is a refueling of this vessel. If we all understood what happens when we gather in the company of innumerable angels, do you know what some of the angels are doing? Do you know what they are not doing for you? Number five. They're committed to keeping the fire in the altar always burning. God's requirement, you, you find that in Leviticus as well. Yeah, Leviticus 6, 13, uh, that it was not supposed, the fire was not supposed to go out. All right? Meaning, now you think about this. We are talking about a country that is not a wooded area. So if we're going to keep the fire burning, it means that it's going to cost us to keep it going. So it's not only the Levites who are responsible, everyone signed. Everyone side. Can, can we keep the fire in this place going? Sometimes you may not feel well, but your coming keeps the fire. Your hallelujah keeps the fire. No one is singing. You start singing and it, it, the atmosphere changes. Can you keep the fire? No one is fasting, but you are fasting and you are keeping. No, you are the only one on the prayer line. But my God, you are praying and keeping the fire burning. Can someone say, you know, I commit to it. Listen, when we move, it's not just going to happen because we move. It's going to happen because everybody is involved. And we are making the fire burn. There's passion in your heart. Everybody becomes responsible to provide. Everybody. And then the six, number six. I love these guys, man. They, they, they said, we will give our first and we will give our best to God. So they were saying that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give our first fruits, but we won't stop as first fruits. We will give him our best. Can we, can we agree before we enter the next season? Can we agree before 31st night that everyone here, we will give our Best fruit, but we will give our best fruit. Whatever Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.